Man, let me tell you. Sometimes you just need a win. It can be a small one. Fairly insignificant, but just a win can just turn shit around sometimes when it's just uh, because it's all perception, right? You think you think things are going and everything's compounded in your head. But you get a get a little a little win in your life and you're just like, all right, we're turning this around. This is what we're doing. Hi, by the way, uh, still sober with John Raven. Uh, if you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. So listen, it's been kind of a week um, and not an eventful one, just emotionally. I've spent the last few days just kind of, uh, it's kind of in a, in a funk and it's, and it's weird. Cause it's like, it's not because the Detroit lions lost against the 49ers and didn't go to this and are not going to the super bowl. But that was like the, the last straw kind of a thing emotionally. Cause it was like, cause you're, cause I don't know you, when you root for underdogs and it was, it just coincided with there's only one more game and then football's over. It's like, what the fuck am I going to watch now? But like most of the country is just sick and tired of watching the 49ers in the playoffs. And they're absolutely sick and tired of the Kansas city chiefs. Now I know a lot of people, you know, it's very, it's, it's almost like an anti Taylor Swift thing, but I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's that. I, I think that doesn't help. I think, I think what it really is, is people just get tired of the same teams winning all the time. They're like, Oh God. And you just want to see something. So it doesn't matter that the Kansas City Chiefs have a good team. It doesn't matter that they have one of the greatest coaches ever. And possibly the, you know, and then the one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, the best tight end that's ever played the game. And then but more importantly, this year, probably the best defense in the NFL. It's what it really is, is just you're it's just overexposure. You keep seeing them all the time and you're seeing people talk about them and you see them getting pressed because of Taylor Swift. So it's not really be, not her, not her herself. It's just the amplification of the exposure of Kansas city. And then you keep seeing them in all these goddamn commercials, which is irritating because you're just looking at Patrick Mahomes and going, really? You're a multimillionaire. The fuck are you trying to get a discount on insurance? Just pay the premium. You fucking tight ass. Like I get it. It's just, it's a gig. But it's that 
that's that's really what I see every time. I'm like, oh, really? You're looking for a discount? You fucks. You gotta see in every goddamn commercial. You're selling Subway too. You're selling fucking sandwiches. You don't have enough money. You goddamn whore. So, so you kind of wanted to see a team that was not the 49ers and that was not the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. And that's not the case, which is fine because honestly, now that it's Kansas City and 49ers, they're, they're, prob- they're kind of evenly matched and it's going to be a better game. But there was this whole you know, underdog thing going on with Detroit and you felt like, and the fact that they, you know, they weren't given much. Everybody thought that they were going to get blown out. So the fact that they were kicking the shit out of the 49ers for the first half kind of built you up. And then it came crashing down in the second half and then you just hit harder. So what had happened for me, now that I've wasted your time with football talk, if you don't listen to football. Of course, if you don't like football, there's probably a good chance that you're not listening to me as much, but like you've got to at least probably tolerate the NFL as often as I bring it up to keep listening to me every week. Regardless, I had all these things, you know, I had the car problem. We had the dead car. We had the scooter that was in the shop. So I had no ride. I'm kind of dealing with, uh, you know, having to go back to the doctor and get checked up for, um, you know, the bladder cancer thing to keep, keep an eye on it. And so that's, that's heavy in my mind. It's January. So it's just kind of a bleak, you know, post holiday month. And you're just like, ugh. So like everything's just kind of hanging on you, you know, and then the, uh, the one thing that I was just kind of distracting myself with was all this NFL shit. And now it's almost done. And so I started off this week. I was just kind of in a mood, you know, it is. I, I wouldn't describe it as depression as much as I would describe it as just, uh, a lack of uh, motivation while trying to figure out, you know, what's what's wrong with me? Why am I just like, blah. Then we get the call today that the, uh, that the scooter's fixed. We go pick it up and I got to and we're missing, like there's this winch that, um, <laughs> this winch, there's this winch, there's this uh, uh, floozy who works in a bar uh, in the Middle Ages. No, it's, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's like, a, like a, there's like a thing that goes on the front of the scooter that you can haul stuff, that you can haul, haul it. Like it hooks, it looks like a winch kind of connector, right? And you got to put that back on the front of it. And we completely lost the very specialized bolts for it and couldn't find them because it secures the whole front panel 
protecting, you know, the innards of the, the scooter on it. And you, you need them to, to put it on there to keep everything together. And we couldn't find the bolts. So I had to go to Lowe's and find something that would work by using the one, uh, it has three bolts. So I had one bolt and having to figure that out, not knowing what kind of bolt it was, just kind of having to eyeball shit. And honestly, it, and I just basically, I, I studied the bolt that I had versus the different kinds that they, they needed. And I saw that there was like a metal, um, that it was definitely, uh, a metric. I determined that it was a metric bolt, not a standard. I determined what size it was. I determined the style that it was a socket bolt. And And then I got the, got a couple of silicone washers to help pry the thing down. Like it all fit and it cost me $2. I did a lot of research. It took me, you know, going through all the different stuff that they had available. And like they they keep, you know, they have their common shit up on the walls, but then they have drawers where you can dig through and find the specialized things. And I found the specialized things that would, that I, thought would work and they did work and that is a very tiny win but it it basically means i can drive the fucking scooter to work now i don't have to get picked up by a coworker. i don't have to take a lift i feel like a person i don't have to take the bus to go to the store i don't have to take a bus to go anyway it's just it's it's nice it's just a nice feeling to be able to do that. And, uh, and now I get to drive this, drive the scooter to work tomorrow. And, uh, and it picked me up out of my, my little slump because I also haven't been sleeping well. It feels like having like, like anxiety dreams. Um, feels like the, you know, the, the duress that I've been having or forcing on myself has caused me to not sleep well, which then compounds the already mood I'm in. But I don't know. It's, it's just a, a little bit of normalcy being able to have us have this scooter again, the baby blue genuine buddy scooter that I'll be uh, driving like a man to, uh, to work and uh, having that available again is good. So, so I'm up. That's all I'm saying. It just, I, it, sometimes it, it, you know, it's like it, you, you just need a, yeah, nailed it moment to really get things going. I was going to have this just be a quick short one because I've been doing stuff all day today. I'm just, I'm just tired. I think I'm going to bed early. I'm going to take my win and go to bed. Um, but there's something that I did not uh, get to cover last week that I read about like immediately after I posted 
last week's podcast episode. And uh, the the headline here, let's see, from AP, AP News, the headline is, uh, with Oregon facing rampant public drug use, lawmakers backpedal on pioneering, lawmakers backpedal on the pioneering decriminalization law. If you're not aware, um, Oregon had a, it's the first in the nation drug decriminalization law, which basically yeah, decriminalized any possession of, of all drugs. And uh, turns out it's, uh, it's not going well in Oregon. To the point to where now Democrats are like going, hey, let's uh, let's fix this because um, this is uh, apparently uh, not going well. And, and to that, I say, no shit. You can't just. All right, let me let me just read here. Um, so what they're planning on doing is the the the. They're, they're wanting to, they're introducing a new bill to undo part of that, that law. And the bill would recriminalize the possession of small amounts of drugs as a low level misdemeanor, specifically, um, some drugs like heroin, fentanyl and cocaine and meth, um, and you need to recriminalize, and it recriminalizes it recriminalizes the possession of small amounts of drugs, which enables police to confiscate them and crack down on their use on sidewalks and in parks. So it said that it says voters passed the pioneering decriminalization law, Measure One Ten, with a fifty-eight percent support in twenty twenty. But Democratic legislators who championed it as a way to treat addiction as a public health matter, not a crime, are now contending with one of the nation's largest spikes in overdose deaths, along with intensifying pressure from Republicans and growing calls from a well-funded campaign group to overhaul it. Uh, researchers say it's too soon to determine whether the law has contributed to the state's deadly overdose surge, and supporters of the measure say the decade the decades long approach of arresting people for possession and using drugs didn't work. All right. So here it is. They they went the the complete opposite way because arresting people and putting people in jail for being a drug addict is doesn't help them get better, which I agree. So what do they do? They decriminalize all of it. Like it's still illegal to deal, but like as possession, they decriminalize. So what happens when you decriminalize all drugs in your state? Cause they're looking and they're seeing, um, Oh, this, you know, Decriminalization really worked in Portugal. Was it Portugal? I don't remember. There's a country that it worked in. Let me see. Let's see. Get this right. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's Portugal. Um, but it's a little bit more complex. So that that's the whole thing is that, well, they decriminalized all drugs in Portugal. It seems to be working out. Yes and no. There's still some there's some issues, but really they've got they they overhauled their perception or their approach to drug addiction and drug use. It's a lot more, it's a lot like everything else, it's complex. You have to kind of look into it. Regardless, some of the successes that they've had in Portugal is because they decriminalized it for the entire country. Which, I mean, you can do that because Portugal is small. Err. I mean, it's, there's 10 million people in Portugal. There's 30 million people in Texas. You know what I mean? You can do experimental shit in a country of 10 million. Oregon, Oregon has 4 million. All right. You can do it. No, but here's, here's the deal. When you, when you decriminalize, all drugs in one state. What do you think happens? When you make something legal in one state and in the other 49 states, it's not legal. What do you think happens? Well, people who like to do that one thing more than anything else in their world will go to that state you're a gambling addict and it's illegal everywhere but Vegas, but Nevada, you might move to Nevada. Maybe. It's just the idea, but that's the thing. If you're, if you're going to be, if you're a homeless drug addict and you get harassed in, in the state that you're in, you're probably going to find a way to go to a state where you can do drugs on the public streets, on the public sidewalks, where you can just sit there and they can't arrest you because it's illegal. That's a problem. And I know that it said that, well, we can't determine if the policies, you know, affected the spike in overdoses. Now that's true. You can't, there's no correlation because there's a spike in overdoses everywhere due to fentanyl. Doesn't really matter the, uh, doesn't really matter your policies so much as the availability of a dangerous drug. That's, that's the more, that's the bigger issue there, but that's not the, the problem. The problem is, is that when you allow, you have to, you have to keep the structure of a society. You have to keep you have to keep people in line. They're going to take advantage of that shit. It's why when they when they decriminalized, when they made it legal that you could camp in public spaces here in Austin, a bunch of homeless people fucking moved to Austin. Because you could camp, you could set up a tent on the side of the highway, on public space. Because of a fucking one city law, because of one idiot. 
on the city council, which is why you really need to pay attention to local politics. You can ignore the, you know, what 80 year old is, you know, whichever 80 year old you want to run for president and all that crap, but you got to pay attention to local politics because otherwise you'll get uh, one dipshit on your city council that comes up with one really bad idea that completely fucks your whole city. And it's not a matter of, you know, to the point where they have to backpedal and then it's like, Oh, you know what? No, you can't just camp anywhere because that's the thing. You can't just let people go crazy. You know, it's like, Oh no, we got to find better ways to help them. Uh, we can't just throw them in jail. Yeah. But you still have to make things illegal. Yeah. Otherwise ever, you know, people will do it. That's just, that's just the nature of things. It's a bad idea. So yeah, I am not, I'm not a fan of full like decriminalization. I think that you should, I think that you can lower it. I like this idea, this, this correction that they want to do. They want to, they want to add more funding for treatment centers, but you got to make things illegal like misdemeanors. You don't have to throw people in jail, but you do have to find them and confiscate their shit because that will keep people from being real public with their drug use. If a cop comes along, if they know that cops are around, they're going to hide again and do their drugs in private because they don't want, you know, it's not about throwing them in jail. It's about taking their shit. Nobody wants their, their drugs taken from them. It just makes sense. I just, uh, so yeah, I do like the one thing I, I do like about what they're trying to do with this correction is add more funds for treatment. Cause I've, as I've always said, it's always, you, you gotta have, you gotta have, uh, treatment available because not, not, you know, most people won't take advantage of it, but for the people who actually try and want to get sober, you got to have that stuff available for them. It's just, it's tough, especially when you're dealing with fentanyl, man. Anyway, uh, still sober pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. Uh, appreciate it. Um, Small wins, baby. Uh, have a good week. See you next week. Later. the fiercest skin. Come back down to earth again. The coldest creep the deep inside. Disconnect the telephone line. Gotta get away, gotta get away, gotta get away for the Lord, gonna make a mistake.